So good, so good. Come on, quickly, hands up. Who's finished their Christmas shopping so far? Hands up. Who's finished their Christmas shopping? Woo-hoo-hoo. Seriously, like, you are amazing. Tatiana, you're amazing. Man, that is incredible. Did, did I see your hand up, Manix? Wow. What's that? Near Christmas never ends at Manix's house. That's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, great to see everyone here today. Anyong haseyo. Ni hao. Kia ora. Welcome. So good to see you all here today. We've got something special for you today, which is great. Don't forget our Christmas services, Christmas Eve, uh, 7 p.m. here with Pastor Bob preaching. We've got Christmas Day, uh, 10 a.m. service here. And from Christmas Day on through January, we just go back to one service, 10 a.m. services, and then two kicks back up again in February. So that is super exciting. Uh, Lizzie and I, are, and I are away on sabbatical uh, as of this evening, which is wonderful. And so we're looking forward to, don't celebrate too much, just Thank you, Laura. That's good. Makes me, makes me feel insecure. Uh, he's, yeah, he's gone. That's awesome. No. Uh, so that's what we're, we're really looking forward to that, and that's uh, a real privilege that uh, we, we recognize and don't take lightly, so that's cool. You're going to have a great time while we're away. Um, Pastor Dan will be lead in, in, in our place, in my place, which is great, and uh, Pastor Shane's going to step in and take more administration of our services, and with Pastor Bob and John and Rosa, and... Um, and Jade, Pastor Jay with our kids, and TK, Pastor TK with our, with our youth, and of course Sunny and Taki, we are in great hands while we are away. We've got a fantastic lineup of speakers for you over the next kind of nine or ten weeks. Uh, starting next week, we've got Pastor Mike DeVetta from uh, our Whangarei campus, and uh, Mike has just released a second of, of three of his children's books that are already getting into schools across our nation. Uh, he's already been talking to the makers of VeggieTales. I wanted to talk to him. I mean, it's astonishing what God is doing, and the gospel is all throughout everything he's doing. Uh, I think I think they're actually going to be, better, be a bit of a relaunch of, I mean, a launch of a second book. Um, he might bring some down next week, so if you're looking for some great kids' gifts, uh, you definitely want to you bring your wallet next week. But Mike is a phenomenal communicator, and you're going to love him. And it's going to be a great season going forward. So that's cool. So God bless you all. Um, apologies for the lack of notes and the no PowerPoint today. Like Liz said, God interrupted me at about 11 o'clock last night when I was asleep in bed. And so I've got a message here which um, I already believe is for someone and hopefully is for more than one someone. But if it's for one someone, then that's just fine with me. I'm going to speak this morning on faith. In the message, the key thought today is this. Look for the open door. Look for the open door. You know, for us... For Liz and myself, uh, many of you will know that we have recently been through a process of purchasing a house. And I want to kick off today by just unpacking that just a little bit. A little bit. When we moved up here from Dunedin, we, we moved into Maraitai because we were working at Howick, so it made a lot of sense, right? But when we moved in here to this church seven years ago, uh, as more and more subdivisions went in at Beachlands, the commute time just has been getting longer and longer and longer. And we've had several mornings uh, where it's taken um, two hours to get from our door in Maraito to our door of the church here. I can pastor a church in Hamilton and spend less time on the road than pastoring this church. Like, that's just crazy, right? And, and so over time, it's just got really more and more difficult and more and more kind of sucking the life out of us to do that. And so we took a step of faith a year ago and we rented our place out and we, and we moved and rented a place in Iraqi just to see what sort of difference proximity would make. 
and proximity was wonderful. So we went back and, and renovated our place and sold our place. And, and that's when the story really gets interesting for us. Because when we sold our house, the deal was that they wanted a really short possession date. So we had 11 days to get out of our house. That's not very many days. Um, you know, normally when you sell your house, you might have uh, four weeks or six weeks to settlement date. We had 11 days and uh, to find another place to live. And so we began to frantically, I mean, we've been looking anyway, but when this came about, we were now quite frantically trying to find some place to live. And we had some problems, right? We had two kids going through exams. We really didn't want to unsettle them a whole lot. Um, we couldn't find anywhere to go to. And so Sunny was fantastic. Sunny and Kenneth, Sunny managed to organize us for, if we needed to, to move into her apartment block and we could kind of do that. But it means we'd have to shift twice and put our stuff in storage. And you'd think that I could find a storage place that had enough room for all our stuff. I couldn't find a place. So when, for example, when I booked the removal company, we booked them, we told them where they were picking it up from, but I couldn't tell them where we were going to because we didn't know. And they said, well, you have to, have a, you have to tell us where we're going. So I said, Howick, uh, which is not really an address. Um, but, you know, like it, it, was, it was a little bit crazy. So we found ourselves now on Saturday. It was Saturday. We've got to be out on Wednesday. So that's like four days before we've got to move. And, and we don't really have anywhere to go. So we had lined up six open homes to look at on the Saturday. And as we got in the car that, that morning, we were praying. Oh, obviously, we were praying. Please, God, anything, God. Uh, yeah, we were praying, and um, and I said, "Look, Lord, you know, we what we really want, Lord, is we really want to be able to move out of our house on Wednesday and move into another house. We've got kids going through exams. Lizzie was just finishing up her study. It had been pretty manic with with a whole bunch of things. I said, God, you can part the Red Sea. I just don't want to have to move our family multiple times, Lord. If you can do this, that would be awesome." And as we were praying, I really felt God drop into my mind, Romans chapter 4. You know, and I, so I began to just pray it out loud, speak it out loud. We will not waver through unbelief regarding the promise. We'll give glory to God and be strengthened in our faith, being fully persuaded that he who promised is faithful. And, and so we just began to pray that out, declare that out. And then as we were driving, I, I, I was reflecting on the previous couple of weeks. And we, we'd gone for a couple of houses and, and missed out on them. But we hadn't just missed out on them. Like, we've missed out on them by miles. Like, we went to an auction and, and legitimately thought, you know, I think, I think we're, we're kind of in the range here. And our auction experience with me bidding was very much like a Warriors game. Uh, I was excellent in the first half. And then in the second half, it just all went downhill very, very quickly. And we didn't just miss out. We missed out by hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was an astonishing experience. And, and so as we were in the car, I was reflecting on this. The thought that came to me was, that just wasn't a closed door, man. That felt like a slammed door, like God was making a point. We had a couple of those. And so I just began to say to God, God, I really believe that you are leading us through these closed doors. So that means, God, what we're doing is we're looking for an open door. So God, today, show us an open door. God, give us an open door. That's where we were at. You know, First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 9 is a, is a wonderful scripture. Let me read this to you. And I think this gives us a bit of a sense of God's heart, right? He says, I'll provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. 
Sometimes as Christians, we can think that God's not interested in that stuff, that we should all be selling our stuff and going off to the mission field and doing those things. And for some of us, that actually is the call. But you know what? God is still very interested in who we are and and that we have a place and we have a home for our children to be raised in and a place that refreshes and restores us. I'm so encouraged to know that that actually matters to God, that he understands that we are we, we, we're made to live in this physical realm, and, and he knows our needs. And the other scripture that really speaks to me in all of this is Revelations chapter 3, 7 and 8. Let me read this to you. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have a little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Let me say it to you again today. Faith is about looking for the open door. Now, I want to take you right back to the very start of our journey with regards to our very first home that we bought. Our first home that we bought, we were probably late 20s, early 30s, something like that. You were late 20s. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, so she was late 20s. I was early 30s. And, um, and we bought, like, the worst house in the best street, which was great, right? But it really was the worst house. Like, when we, went, when we were being shown through the house by the real estate agent, when we went into the bathroom, there was a, there was a thing floating in the toilet that, that someone had left there. It resembled a, a log of sorts. And, like, like this is the house we're meant to be inspired to buy, you know, I'm like, can, can I, I just need to flush that, would you mind if I flush that, you know, leave the place better than you found it kind of thing, man, it was like, it was, it was the worst house in the best street, but, and, and I need to say this, I didn't really have faith for this, the house had been on the market for a year, it had been way outside our price, price bracket, and Lizzie was like, no, let's go for this, I think we can do this, and God provided an open door, and we got it for what we could afford, and it was an absolutely fantastic first place, and we kept that for a few years, and did a bit of work on it, and then when we sold it, the property market began to go up in Dunedin, which is a miracle because that happens like once every 20 years. And, uh, and we, we, we kind of made a bit of money on that. And then we bought our second home, which was fantastic. And, and when we were in our second home, we were looking at the property thing. And, well, this, kinda, this, could, this could work for us. This could make some sense for us in terms of planning towards our, our financial future. And so we did some reading and talked to some smart people and decided that we were going to buy, if we possibly could, a small rental property you know, maybe move towards having a bit of a rental portfolio. And so we, we'd written out a five-year plan and we're going down this track and we were just about to buy our first little, tiny little two-beddy rental in South Dunedin when God interrupted us. And this is what we read in Haggai chapter one, verse three. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that you may take pleasure in sorry, sorry, so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see it turned out to be little. What you brought home I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own house. And through this, and, and as we meditated on this, we felt that God was speaking to us with crystal clarity, and that He was saying to us, You look after my house, and I'll look after yours. You look after my house, and I'll look after yours. And I, I remember sitting there on our couch with my five-year financial plan, tearing it into little pieces, because I knew I had to tear it up or else I would be right back into it, you know, as soon as this feeling wore off. But I knew God was saying this. And honestly, with tears in my eyes, 
Uh, it was a tough moment, but I, I knew that God was requiring us to trust Him with our future. And can I say to you that you need to trust God with your future? That is, what, that is the essence of faith. It's that we will come to Him saying, God, I don't know what's ahead, and, and there are lots of things that could go well or go badly, but Lord, I'm going to choose to trust you with my future. So that's what we began to do. Now, fast forward a year or so later, and now the property market in Dunedin is going backwards. And, you know, people talk about the Auckland market going backwards. It doesn't really go backwards. It just slows down. When, Dunedin, when a property market like Dunedin goes backwards, it actually goes backwards. Every rate statement you see, your house has dropped by another $10,000 in value. And it's, a little bit, it's a little bit daunting. And we were in that, and we were getting into a tighter and tighter financial situation. Interest rates were picking up, and it was tough. And we got to the point where we really felt we had to sell. So we sold our house. And we sold at a loss. And we didn't just lose what we made on the previous house, we lost our deposit as well. And we found ourselves back renting. This was a real challenge for a number of reasons. One, because what happened about six months later is that the Dunedin market turned again. And we had friends whose house property increased 50% in a matter of weeks. And there were some conversations with God like, is there any reason why you didn't just tell us just to hold out for another six months here? Because this would have been beautiful. Uh, meanwhile, here we are back renting again, and now the property market is accelerating away from us, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get back into it. And some of you know what that's like, to be in a property market that is accelerating away from you, and you're just like, how are we ever going to get into a home? In the midst of this time, we... So we were back renting, and we moved around a couple of different places, trying to find a place with lots of bedrooms so, that, so we could have borders in. And so at one point, we, had, uh, we, we rented like a five-and-a-half-beddy place. Me and Liz and the kids were in like two-and-a-half bedrooms, which is two bedrooms, like a kind of closet thing. And then we had three borders that we were looking after, and Liz was cooking for, trying to just get enough income in so we might be able to save a little bit and, and, and get a deposit together again to get into a house Throughout this time, we had some issues with um, a particular person on our staff who was uh, running our, our, our training college uh, in a way that was not in line with the Ministry of Education guidelines, and they moved on, and we had to pick it up and try and save that, and so now I was pastoring the church, a senior pastor, and also principal of the Bible college, and we got to the end of that year, and I kind of hit the wall and had a bit of burnout, and that wasn't particularly pretty and meanwhile, we've got three boarders at home, and we're trying to, trying to get ahead. And some of you guys know what that's like, right? That season of life where you just feel like you're throwing everything at trying to get ahead, and it just seems so tough. So while I'm trying to pull myself back together, I really feel God convicted me about not having faith to believe that we could be doing better as a family. And I, I came back and said, Liz, we're gonna, I'm going to get us in a better home. I'm going to make sure that, that this is going to work for us, thinking I'm going to find a better home for us to rent because the market had gone so far ahead, I just thought there's no way we're going to get back into our own home. Meanwhile, Liz goes to a replenish conference. It was an Easter replenish conference, never knowing that a few years later she was going to be running replenish for the whole country. Liz went to a replenish conference, and at, at one point the keynote speaker at the conference pulled Liz up and prophesied over her and said, Liz, said Liz the Lord is going to give you a home. Liz comes back from conference after Easter, all fired up. She's told me this. But not only that, she also announces to me that she has asked the Lord uh, if we can please have that house in a year. Like, we want to be in the house in a year. Liz is all fired up and excited. And, and all I could think was, 
there are going to be tears because this is not going to happen. There is no way this is going to happen. Being a man of incredible faith that I am, uh, this is not going to happen. Meanwhile, Liz has made up a collage of all the things she wants in the house. She pasted up beside her, on her side of the bed. Every night she went to bed, she'd thank God for the house that was coming. Every morning she got up, she'd thank God for the house that was coming. And I'm just trying to work out how we're going to get through this emotionally because there's going to be tears. Anyway, trying to pull things back together, trying to get myself back together. And then over that year, something happened and God began to open a door. We, um, we had uh, our lawyer came to us and he said to us, hey, look, something really interesting has happened. He said, I've just had a couple come to, to me from our church who want to remain anonymous and they've just given me $5,000 to give to you guys towards a deposit for your new home, which was like bizarre and amazing. And we were like, wow, that's really, really great. Uh, although I was still in a bit, of a bit of a bad place, still a bit dark, a bit depressed, a bit trying to pull myself back together. And I remember thinking, Great Lord, five grand's not a deposit. That's not going to get us in the house. Spirit of gratitude and, you know, man. There was some work that God was doing in me, I tell you, over that time. But to cut a long story short, what then happened was God did something that I still struggle to believe because this is what happens to other Christians. This never happens to, like, us ordinary Christians, you know. But what happened was over a period of six weeks, God gave to us just over $80,000 from seven different unrelated sources in that one window, which then gave us a deposit for a house. And then in the following months, we ended up buying our own home again. Now, look, this is where it gets a little bit crazy, right? Because, because it, the market had turned again, as I said, and we're at the top of the market, and I'm trying to say to God, God, no, 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 we don't... We, in the house we were looking at, that Liz kind of like, this is a great house and God seemed to have provided it. They just renovated this house. I'm like, no, Lord, you don't, you don't buy a freshly renovated house at the top of the market. Like, don't you know anything about property? And, and, and uh, you know, like you buy, you buy an old house that you can do up or you buy at the bottom of the market. But, and I just felt God say to me, just watch me bless you. And I learned in that season that to trust God means I have to let go of my control. And I want to say to some people here this morning, you know, I think God is waiting to do some stuff if you will just trust him enough to let go of the control. Here's the really crazy thing, right? I didn't, we didn't even notice this, actually, until I think it was the day before we suddenly realized. You know, you know what day our position day was? You know what day we moved into this house? We moved into this house on Easter Friday, a year to the day after Liz got that prophecy. Isn't that astonishing? Absolutely amazing. But God opened a door. You know, trust is so important. That posture of faith, that place of going, yes, God, I'm going to trust you. Because what it does is it opens us up to, to opportunities we wouldn't ordinarily see. It enables us to, to move in, a, in an area of resourcefulness that we wouldn't ordinarily have. And there were, there were time seriously that I would have said to Liz, and I think I probably did say, I don't know if this house is the one. I don't know if we want to live here. I don't know if we want to buy a house that's like this. But Liz was in that place of faith. I have to honor her for this. She was in a place of faith. She was seeing the possibilities. She was trusting God. And when God opened the door, she just ran at it and dragged me along. Thank you, baby. You're amazing. Look for the open door. Okay, so the story's not over yet, right? So we, we, God's now got us back in the market. We're in a great house. We're loving it. It's working really well for our family. We couldn't believe what God had done. It was absolutely amazing. Now, it was sometime after that that our annual lease review came up at church. Our church building 
was built on leasehold land. Now, Bob Maggie had done an incredible thing when they left Dunedin and handed it over to us. They'd structured all the mortgages, etc., so that we were able to completely pay that mortgage off and get that church freehold in just a couple of years, which was absolutely amazing. But it was built on leasehold ground. Now, leaseholds back in the day were very, very minimal. And then what happened when we sat down with the regional council, who were the owner of the land, and, and they came to us, and they announced to us that they were going to be putting up our lease by 800%. And let me clarify this. No, no, I didn't say that wrong. Not 8%, not 80%, which would have been astronomical, and that's nearly doubled our lease. No, no, they wanted to put it up 800%. So what the lease that we were paying every year, they were requiring us to pay eight times that amount the following year and from then on. I mean, that is absolutely astonishing. And we managed to negotiate to a 400% lease increase, which sounds really good after 800%, but for a normal lease arrangement, that is daylight robbery. It was unbelievable. But the writing was on the wall. We realized that we may own this building, but until we own this land, at the rate that this is increasing, it is only a matter of time till we have to move off this land. And so we embarked on a, on a journey of, of doing everything we could to buy that land. We, uh, man, we, for like a year, we went out, we prayed, we fasted, we wrote letters to the board. Uh, I, I, I wrote emails telling how amazing our church would be for their children, if their children would come to our church and the difference we're making in the community and all the reasons. I mean, I'd list all the reasons why they would, should sell it to us. And, and we got knocked back again and again and again until one, one day I actually got a phone call from the CEO. And this is what he said to me. He said, you will stop. You will not send me any more letters. You will not send me make any more phone calls to me. You will send nothing more to our board. And I'll tell you why. Because your bit of land is a tiny little jigsaw puzzle piece and a huge bit of land, a huge jigsaw puzzle we own all the land on. And there is no way we are going to sell you that land. So you will stop. It will never happen. And I remember feeling so powerless, right? Like, what do you do now? Where do you go now? I mean, it was such a closed door. And then shortly after that, God asked us as a church to sow. Now, a few years previously, anticipating something like this might happen, we started a little building fund and we put a, you know, of our church tithes and offerings that came in from all of our church, we took a small percentage of that as an eldership and put it in that fund and we'd accrued, I don't know, not very much, a few thousand dollars in there. And we really felt as an eldership, God was saying to us, I want you to take what you've put there and sow away from yourselves. So we brought it to the church and we're like, yeah, let's do that. And so we took that money and we gave some to a little Elam church in Alexandra who were wanting to get into a building. And then we gave some to an Anglican church in Dunedin that was trying to renovate their facility. And we gave some to the Baptist church in Dunedin who were trying to buy their own building. We sowed it away from ourselves. And then we just waited. There was nothing else that we could do because we couldn't do anymore until the day I remember so clearly. I think it was a Thursday when God opened the door. And the way he opened the door was this. On the front page of the Otago Daily Times was an aerial photograph of our area of the city and a big banner headline selling regional council selling land. And they were selling just five bits of land of which we were number three. It was this tiny little bit of the jigsaw puzzle that they were selling and we were right in the middle of it. God had opened the door. Now, now, we had no money. We had no money for a deposit. We had nothing. It turned out it was going to cost us over a million dollars. That was back when a million dollars was like a million dollars. Like, that was, like, it was so expensive. I mean, that was 
unbelievable. And so we had, to, we had to just go forward. And they said to us, if you don't offer this amount, we're not even going to come back and, and negotiate. We're going to put it straight to the open market. And we felt the Lord was saying something else. So we offered below that, and they accepted it. And it was all extraordinary. And we just leaned in. As, as long as that door was open, we leaned into that thing. But then we had the problem where we had an offer that was accepted, but we had no deposit. We had nothing. And so we had to come up with a large chunk of coin in order for this to go forward. And then I got a phone call out of the blue from the lawyer of the regional council. Now, the most unusual thing happened, right? So we had this bit of land here, and then we had another neighbor right beside us with another bit of land, and then there was a large intersection, and in the middle of that intersection over there was a small triangle of land. You couldn't do anything with it. It was Scarfies would come along sometimes and have a barbecue on it. All the services for all the different blocks went under it. And to our utter astonishment, the regional council lawyer said to us, that little bit of land is on your title. And they said, well, so, so you know, you're buying this off us, and, but, but we actually want that bit of land because it's got all our services underneath it, so we want to buy that off you, if that's okay. And uh, we, we thought we might pay this amount of money. So, <laughs> so what happened was, we're going to buy this bit of land off you, and this bit of land we didn't even know we owned, we do, and you're going to pay us to have that. Can we use that money for the deposit? And they said, sure, no trouble at all. And so in one phone call, we, God provided the deposit for us to buy the land from land we didn't even know was part of what we owned. It was utterly, utterly amazing. And so the, the people we were buying the land off paid the deposit for us for the land we were buying off them. And we owned the land. Unbelievable. God opened the door. And you see, when God opens a door, no one can shut that. When God opens a door, the miraculous happens. When God opens a door, unusual things can happen if you are looking to the miracle. And that's what God had done. You know, some of you are here like that. You know, I so remember that moment feeling so powerless. When, look, oh, there's nothing left for me. To, there's no other way forward. And realizing that in those moments, you've got to trust God to do what you can't. Because sometimes you find yourself where there is nothing that you can do. And some of you are like that today. Some of you are stuck in situations. Some of you are, you're so far out of the market, you're like, there's nothing I can do. Some of you are in difficult property issues, maybe with leaky home issues or whatever it is. And you're like, God, we just don't know what else we can do. I'm telling you this. If we're going to live by faith, here's one of the things you've got to remember. We will trust God to do what we can't. We will trust God to move what we can't. We will trust God to provide what we can't. We see this in Acts 16, right? Paul and Silas are in prison. You want to talk about a closed door? This is a closed door in a prison. This is a closed door with bars on it and a big lock on it, and they're actually chained up inside. Yet God was going to bring them out. God was going to give them an open door, and not just them an open door to leave the prison, but an open door to speak to the jailer about his salvation and see that family saved and the gospel to go forward. You know, it was midnight when the earthquake came. Midnight when God shook that place and provided an open door. When they least expected it, when they were just sitting there and praising God anyway, God moved. And I want to say to some people here this morning, you feel like you're stuck, you feel like you're in prison, you feel like there's no way out. You just keep on praising. Because when the time is right, you can trust God to do what you can't, and God will provide an open door. You've got to look for the open door. So let me bring this back full circle now, back to our current house. It's Saturday. We've got four days to be out. We've got six open homes in front of us. We've got a removal company booked with a pickup address and no delivery address, and we have the promises of God in front of us. And so we go to open home after open home. We get to open home number five. Okay, it's 3.30 on a Saturday. We go into this place, 
and Lizzie gets chatting to the real estate agent and she just starts having this conversation. Here's what we want. We want to move in here on Wednesday. And, and the agent didn't laugh at her. Now, we've been laughed at by a few agents over the last six months, I can tell you. And we've gone, hey, we'd like to buy this house. And they look at us and laugh, which I don't, you know, like, but, um, but Liz got talking to this real estate agent. She said, well, it's interesting. Liz goes, it looks like it's vacant position. And she goes, well, actually, it is. And Liz goes, we want to buy it and move in on Wednesday. And the lady goes, well, if you put in a pre-auction offer, I guess that would bring the auction date back until, no, 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 no. Tuesday, the Tuesday before Wednesday. Oh, and so after half an hour, they've worked out that if we can put a pre-auction offer in, that'll move the auction to Tuesday. If we then are able to win the auction, we could possibly own the house, even though it would still take a couple of weeks for finances and legals to come through. But she happens to know the vendor. They're kind of a family member. She's pretty sure she'd let us move in, and then maybe we could rent it for like a week and a half and just pay a rent until the finances go through and it becomes ours. And, and we left that place. And we got on the car and I said to Lizzie, if that is not an open door, I don't know what is. Now, we still had a whole bunch of things to sort out. We had had to get a builder's report on it. And it was Saturday. And it was like 4 o'clock now. And we had to get a builder's report. And we had to have the pre-auction offer on Sunday night. So we had to have the the builder's report on Sunday. And we'd contacted some builders previously. And it was like, yeah, sure, I can fit you in in 10 days. I mean, the market's crazy out there, right? So we're like, God... We're going to lean into this open door. We need a builder's report, and we need it Sunday, and we need it Sunday morning. And, and God, we've got, to get a, we've got to win this pre... We've got to get a pre-auction offer accepted. And God, then we've got to go to the auction, and we have to win the auction. And you've got to realize our last auction experience, we got beat and beat bad. And so, you know, like for me, again, these, I'm kind of going, oh, <laughs> I don't know. And Lizzie's like, we're going for this. So builder's inspection came through. Builder's inspection came back clean. Pre-auction offer. We're sitting here, what do we offer? Put it in, got accepted. Auction date moved back to the Tuesday. We then go to the auction on Tuesday. It was a hair-raising experience. I bid on the last one. I said, baby, you're bidding on this one. And uh, so we go there, and Bob was with us. And, um, and so we go there, and, and then what happens? Well, and, and the other people bidding against us, and we win the auction. Now, on the way to the auction, I said to Liz, baby, if we lose this auction, you need to drive home because I've got an hour till the close of day to find somewhere for the removal truck to take our stuff tomorrow morning when they come at 8 a.m. But God opened the door and God kept the door open and God overcame every obstacle along the way and we, we won the house at auction. And, and the other big problem was our lawyers, uh, our mortgage broker said, your lawyers won't agree to this. I rang our lawyer and said, hey, this is what we want to do. We're going to buy the house on Tuesday and we're going to move it on Wednesday. And there was this big long silence. And, I, and, and so I said, look, we're believing for a miracle. He goes, let me get this right. You're going to buy this house, you hope to buy this house at auction on Tuesday and move in Wednesday. I said, yeah. He goes, I don't think that's ever been done before. He was absolutely flabbergasted. But you know what? Every obstacle in front of us fell as God called us through this open door that could not be closed. And we're in the house now, and it is amazing. We paid rent for a week and a, a, week and a half until possession date, and then it all came through. And here's the thing. I remember when we were driving out of those open homes, there was a moment where I cast my mind back, and I remembered again all that God had done. And I thought, you know what? If, if faith is anything, if trust is anything, trust is believing that what God's done before, he can do again. And I want to say to a whole bunch of you here today, what God has done for you before, he can do again. Amen? 
You know, when it, comes to, when it comes to faith, when it comes to trusting God, we've got to remember that we've got to come at that with wisdom, right? Don't trust Him and be foolish. You know, the, the call of God to trust Him does not supersede every other mandate in Scripture. That, that doesn't mean we're, not, we're still mandated to be wise. We're still mandated to love one another. We're still mandated to be ethical. We're still mandated to do the right thing. And so I want to say to you, as you go forward in, in faith and whatever struggle or challenge or thing that's in front of you, stay wise, get wise counsel, talk to people, do all of those things, but look for the open door. And when you're stuck and when you're in a tough place and you don't know what God's going to do, look for the open door. Because when God opens a door, if God opens it, nobody can close it. You know, trusting Him means asking specifically. We had spent so much time over those months before trying to work out exactly what it is that we felt we need in a home for us and for our family. Now, we weren't asking for, you know, saunas and Lamborghinis, but we were looking because we both do a bit of running. We, we, God, we, we need a place where we can run out the front, go out the front door and go for a run and run because we want to be running, not because someone's chasing us. And, 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 and so, you know, that, it was like there were certain places that we feel would be right for us in our family, and these are certain things we want. And so you've got to ask specifically. Second thing is this, you've got to declare Scripture. There is power in the Word of God. It is living and active. And you've got to declare the promises. You've got to speak them out for yourself to build your faith. And I believe there's something creative when you speak the Word of God. I think somehow God goes to work in that. And for us, just speaking out again and again, God, we will not waver through unbelief regarding the promise, but we will give glory to you and we'll be strengthened in our faith, being fully persuaded that you who promised, you are faithful. We said that out again and again and again and it built something in us. Ask specifically, declare scripture, look for the open door. You know, the final story I want to share this, this morning is uh, a, a couple of years ago at a national conference, uh, we were just wandering around a conference and um, two or three young couples came up to talk to us. And they were couples that had been with us in Dunedin, in Dunedin days. They'd been university students then. Now they were young professionals. They were married. They were starting to have kids and the whole thing. And they came up to tell us that all of them had been able to relatively recently buy their first home. And I'm like, wow, that is awesome. And they're like, no, no, you don't get it. You see, when we were students, we saw what God did with you. We saw what God did with you and Liz. We saw what God did with you in the church. And we decided that God didn't do it for just for you. That if God did it for you and God did it with the church, then God could do it for us as well. So a bunch of us young adults got together and we said, we'll receive that too, thank you, Lord. God, we're going to stand in faith and believe you can give us open doors, that you can provide homes for us, first homes for us, as young people, ahead of our peers. We believe, God, you can do the miracle, God. So we're going to stand in that and believe for that. And they said to us, there are like five or six young couples now who have all bought their first home all in their early and mid-20s. Absolutely blew me away. Here's the thought this morning. You know, trust Him. Trust Him and know that what God is doing with you is bigger than just you. You know, the, the thing that God wants to do in your life, the, the miracles that you've seen and the miracles you will see, I want you to realize it's not just for you. God's doing it. God's doing that for you, and He's doing it for your children, and He's doing it for your small group, and He's doing it for your children's children. Because whenever God does a miracle, whenever God breaks through, whenever God opens a door for somebody to step through, it's always so that others can see and have faith as well. And I believe this morning God is wanting to do some things in a few people's lives here this morning. Let me read the scripture for you again. 1 Chronicles 17 verse 9. I will provide a place for my people Israel and I will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. This morning, I believe this is what God wanted me to, to, to do and create a moment this morning. 
This morning, we're going to pray for every person here who's got property issues. We're going to pray for every young person here who wants to own a home someday. We're going to pray for every old person here who is, has got property issues or is wanting to, wanting to maybe buy their last home, and, and, and there's some challenges around that. I, we're going to pray for anybody. I don't care how old or young you are. If you're 16 and you're like, yeah, one of these days I want to buy a house, we are going to pray for you and pray that God will give you an open door when the time is right that will be absolutely amazing and blow you away. Because I believe that everything that God has done with Liz and me over the years right up to today is not just for me and Liz. It's for us, family. It's for us. The breakthrough is for us. The promise is for us. The miracle is for us. And that means it's for you. And I want to see that breakthrough. We want to see that breakthrough in your lives. So will you stand with me right now just for a moment? Here's what